When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're talking World Series. We're going to talk about the NFL with the guys for the week and all the uh, news from this week. And then we'll get into a little college football as well this weekend. That and so much more. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to another edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. A lot of terrain, watches, and accessories. It's always a good idea to have a classic watch on hand, something that can look fantastic with a suit or just as great muddy on the shooting range. The Navigator Flyger style pilot watch from Law Terrain is the gold standard of functional classics. If you, especially if you want to stand out from the crowd, you can visit law-terrain.com and use the code SPORTSTOVE for 10% off your purchase. Uh, welcome into the episode tonight. Joining me as he usually does is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good on this nice fall night. Yeah, it got a little crisp uh, tonight and uh, excited to see how the weather continues to uh, turn a little bit and everything going forward. But uh, nonetheless, we are uh, uh, got a lot to talk about tonight, including the World Series. And let's start with that, Dad. The series is tied one to one. And what are your thoughts so far on the World Series this year? Well, we have said that, you know, this is just should be good baseball, and I think that's what it's going to be. I haven't gotten to see a whole lot of it. I know I watched a little bit of the start of the first game, and, boy, in the first inning, you started out with a home run and then a great defensive play and said, boy, this is what I think it's going to be. So be interesting. Of course, the injury to Atlanta's pitcher may affect things down the line uh, there in a big way. But uh, the Braves are, you know, they've come ready to play. So it, it should be should be a good series. Hopefully it'll go, you know, six, seven games and uh, be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that injury really, I think, does a big number to Atlanta. Um, I, on the Belly Up Fantasy Lives World Series 
preview episode, I said Astros in five, and that was before the injury. And uh, even now, I begin to think, man, I, I'm not sure. Um, I like Ian Anderson, who pitches uh, the game three for Atlanta, but uh, they don't have any depth now in their rotation, which is going to cause major issues there on top of it all. I think Houston ends up winning this series, but there's uh, a good home field advantage in Atlanta, isn't there? Yes, yes, there is. Uh, the crowd will be so excited. It's been a while since been in the World Series, and uh, I, I think it will be um, – you know, a, a tough place to play in some ways. So uh, I think Atlanta can stay in this uh, a little longer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I guess they can. Uh, they're in the World Series. But uh, as far as will they, I don't think they will. I think Houston wins out at this point. Personally, that's just my opinion. Um, interesting baseball news, Dad. I haven't had a chance to ask you about this. I don't even know if you've seen this or not. But uh PETA, you know, the people who are a little crazy about the uh, animals and things, they said, uh, requested that baseball change the term bullpen to arm barn. Uh, (laughs) So uh, do you think that bullpen is an offensive term to bulls all across the world and that they should change the term bullpen to arm barn moving forward? Well, I'll have to say I don't think I've ever heard a bull complain about it, so uh, I don't know. Uh, that That has really taken it too far. Um, I think when you get into sports and get into things that are, are so ingrained and been there so long, I mean, there could be maybe be, there are some things maybe that are offensive and should be changed. A lot of things have been changed. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think bullpen is a problem. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh it's like some people just don't have enough to do in their lives uh, to come up with some of the stuff. They're working on just getting some publicity, and it's working for them. So congratulations, PETA. Uh, enjoy your publicity while it lasts uh, here as well. Dad, a question that has come up a lot this week with the World Series is the Houston Astros have a history of cheating. Um, this year, as far as we know, they're not cheating. I compared uh, the Astros to Barry Bonds, saying that if they win this year and they win clean, people will understand that, will recognize that. History will remember them as a team that won the World Series, but they'll always be remembered as a cheater, just like Barry Bonds is considered by many people a Hall of Famer, uh, one of the greatest baseball players to play. Yet, along with that, the the, the caveat is, well, and he also uh, cheated. He also took steroids. Do you think that uh, in it, there's enough years that can go by that people will kind of forget about what the Astros did, or do you think that's something that's going to linger? Um, well, I don't think they'll forget, but I think it's a different situation because it's a team. Um, it won't be the same team. I think if the Astros continue to have success, I don't think it'll be a blight you know, on their organization like, oh, in 10 years, they're winning, but yeah, you know, they cheated back then. It's true. They'll, that'll always be history and it'll always be a situation. And the organization did uh, condone it, you know, to whatever extent. But I think, I think the Astros can get past that because, um, you know, it, it'll be a different team every year. Um, and especially when you get a few years down the line, uh, even this year, if they win, I don't think anyone will say, well, wow, that's because they cheated. 
But, um, you know, there will always be that mark that the Astros were the team that uh, cheated and won the World Series. Yeah. The people who, who bring it up now are the people like Boston fans, which is interesting because Alex Cora is their manager. Uh, but uh, Boston fans, Chicago fans, Dodger fans, those kinds of people that are just jealous that they're not there uh, this year again and, and you know, they got to find something to gripe about. So that's what they'll, they'll gripe about. Instead of griping about their own teams, they'll gripe about the teams that made it past them and ahead as well. Uh, the World Series is continuing to, to go, and it should be, a at the very least, I think, good games the rest of the way. Even if the Astros do what I say they'll do and win out, I don't think the games will be blowouts every night. And tonight, Ian Anderson again on the mound for the Braves, or this next game, Ian Anderson on the, on the mound for the Braves. Uh, tomorrow night, I guess it is. And uh, he's a really good pitcher and has a good opportunity there against Houston as well. Um, one of my childhood memories, Dad, is Atlanta Braves baseball on, on the television. I didn't like the Braves, but I loved hearing the Tomahawk chant uh, going on in Atlanta back in the old days, the Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, Schmoltz days. Um, you know, that was always a really cool sound to turn on the TV and hear night baseball and the crowd with the uh, tomahawk chant, and uh, it, it was it was really neat. So, uh, you know, I asked this question on another show, but uh, what is your greatest World Series memory? Not necessarily the team that you cheered for, but uh, something that just stands out in your mind from World Series history. Um, well, you have um, Reggie Jackson. With the home runs, you know, with the Yankees, that was quite a game and everything there. Uh, the Kirk Gibson home run, that was really that was really something from that standpoint. Um, I remember when I was first old enough, uh, a lot of people followed baseball, and, and I did. I had an uncle that listened to baseball games on the radio all the time. And I guess, you know, the first World Series I remember, I was not a Cardinal fan, but it was the Cardinals – and the Red Sox in 1967, and that's when, from there on out, you know, I always kind of took notice of the World Series and had a chance to watch some there. Been a lot of great moments in the World Series, no doubt about that, and a lot of heroes, Joe Carter, Kirby Puckett, you know, a lot of ones around. Um, so, you know, uh, some of the older ones, you know, with the Giants, I that was a little bit before my time um, from there. So... You know, I, I would have to say, again, you know, I'm not a Yankee fan, but boy, Reggie Jackson and, um, you know, being Mr. October and, and he he really, you know, had some great World Series. Kirby Puckett's one thing I remember as a kid um, watching the World Series as well. My kids could care less about baseball on TV. They'll occasionally sit down and watch a Brewers game with me, but Overall, it's it that that one doesn't keep their interest, so they don't have any World Series memories at this point. Uh, uh, anywho, let's get on to football uh, and an exciting week of football ahead. Actually, tonight, if you're listening to us live, Green Bay and Arizona will be kicking off shortly. If you're listening to us on Unhinged Radio, you already know the unresult, so you can skip over the next one or two minutes of this episode. But uh, nonetheless, Green Bay comes in uh they've got they're kind of decimated aren't they they're they're missing their top three receivers one with covid one without covid but out because of covid and one with an injury uh that leaves basically randall Cobb, uh eq st brown 
the rookie Amari Rogers, um, guys like Malik Taylor, who most people have never heard of, uh, those kinds of things. Does it matter? Um, is my question to you because Aaron Rodgers is still healthy and playing. Uh, so does it really matter, uh, that these receivers are gone? Um, well, I mean, yes, because they're so good, especially, you know, Devontae Adams, but again, gave you quite a few weapons. Again, it'll be an interesting because this is a chance for Aaron Rodgers to really, really show that, hey, um, you know, he's the quarterback and the system and make everything work. Um, again, I think the key here will be, and again, the Packers have been, um, you know, beat up in a lot of positions. You know, they got, of course, Jair Alexander out, which has been a big thing on the defense. Preston Smith is going to play tonight. Uh, that will help a little bit. But the defense will need to keep them in it. And the defensive coordinator is out with COVID, too. Um, now, Jerry Gray's called games before, and I know the defensive coordinator's been in on virtual meetings. But, boy, there are just a lot of things that, you know, it's not business as usual. But I think they've really rallied around this. And the deal is, hey, we can show that we really are a good team. We'll go out and um, win under these situations. Uh, Arizona, you said, you know, well, Arizona's not going to win them all. So, uh, again, I think Arizona would be very much up for this game. Of course, they've lost J.J. Watt, and we talk about that in a little bit. But um, I, I think, yes, they've lost so many weapons on offense, they'll have to change the plan. I think LaFleur can do that. The question will be, can Arizona shut it down? Because they won't be as multidimensional in some ways. Um, again, the offensive line's gotten better. If they can run the ball, then, hey, they can, you know, Rodgers can find openings. There'll be no doubt about that. These guys that haven't played a lot, they're going to have to catch it uh, when they get the opportunity. But Packers have been big on the next man up, and it's worked for them in a lot of ways. So it'll be an interesting game tonight. Yeah, you know, Arizona's the favorite by six and a half. And I would probably pick Arizona to win the game. But having said that, um, I think Green Bay is less predictable with Devontae Adams out. Um, I mean, and now you said it before, even though people knew they were throwing to Devontae Adams, they still couldn't stop it. So that's a pretty big thing. But at the same time, now you've got no one. I say no one. These guys do their, you know, watch the videos and they understand more than we do. But um, I think this is a going to be a showing and a reminder to people who say Green Bay has to draft a quarterback in the first or a receiver in the first round. This will show the people who don't pay attention to the Packers. They actually have a really deep receiver core. And even though they're out their top three guys, which obviously they're top three for a reason, they're very good. You're going to bring in Randall Cobb, who has the experience and he's played well this year. EQ is a guy, uh, St. Brown, who Aaron Rodgers has spoken about, how excited he is that he's back on the active roster and loves his work ethic, trusts him. Malik Taylor had a great preseason, which means very little, but he's shown that he can play as well. And then I think it's a big game for Robert Tunyon, the tight end as well tonight, and Aaron Jones, the running back. Um, a lot of opportunities out there for these guys. Arizona, on the other hand, you mentioned it. J.J. Watt is injured. Out for the season. I didn't see this one coming. Got the the alert, alert last night on that. Um, that hurts Arizona, but what they're 
they're built pretty well. Um, they got a solid defense, a good defense, and they've got a phenomenally deep offense as well. Even with the addition of Zach Ertz, that just adds to it um, there as well. So I'm not sure that losing J.J. Watt is as big a deal for this game as losing your top three receivers would be there as well. But you talked about you know, an opportunity for Rodgers to prove some things. It's a big opportunity for Kyler Murray to prove some things tonight as well and to kind of put his name atop the MVP list with a big game tonight against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, you know, this could be the spot where he he puts his name there at the top. Josh Allen's name is up there as well. And this also could be the, the game where Aaron Rodgers puts his name back on top of the MVP list, depending on what he does tonight. So there's, there is definitely some things at stake tonight um, for these quarterbacks and for these teams, of course, as well. Um, as you could be talking about fighting for a number one seed come playoff time uh, as well, where this tiebreaker result would be interesting uh, nonetheless there. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about, I don't, I guess, want to spend too much time on, but it's interesting. Former Green Bay Packer and uh, retired offensive lineman TJ Lang, he came out with a tweet today uh, asking a question about uh, Alan Lazard. Hi. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Alan Lazard is missing this game because he tested negative for COVID and uh, and is not vaccinated, whereas Devontae Adams is vaccinated. He tested positive. And uh, being around Devontae Adams is part of the reason why Lazard is missing this game. But at the end of the day, Dad, uh, we continue to see the politics uh, trying to control sports and the way that they're doing this. And being that Alan Lazard is unvaccinated, even though he doesn't have COVID, he's still not allowed to play tonight because of the mandates and the ways that the things are set up, uh, the protocols are set up in the NFL this year. I mean, does it make any sense? Is it wise? Um, or is it just a, a way to push people around a little bit? Um, well, again, this was talked about before the season and knew this was going to come up at some point. I'm sorry it came up with the Packers. But, uh, yes, the NFL is is trying to control this situation, um, trying to intimidate people, intimidate teams to where they will force people from there. Um, I I mean, if all that information is correct, then that that doesn't – yeah, that doesn't make any sense why a guy is going to miss a game when he doesn't have COVID. You know, um, again – you know, the, NA, the NFL has decided uh, that they're going to force everybody's hand on this. Um, I don't think it's just out of safety. I don't think they're, this is preventing a, a, a breakout that's going to affect, you know, hundreds of people or definitely not thousands of people from there. Uh, and I don't think that that's why this is happening. I think they do want to control, um, control people. And I think it's, um, Unfortunate to be interesting to see what kind of backlash um, may may come out of this. Um, but again, you know, for the most part, everybody in the NFL 
uh, is vaccinated. I think most of the Packers are. I knew I knew there were some that were not. I did not know who because that's a fairly private thing. Um, and I'm a little surprised this came out this way on this time, but I uh, didn't know if we would know that. But, um, but you know, yeah, major sports have put a lot of emphasis on it uh, to get that done. And to me, you know, the idea, boy, you know, should you be vaccinated? Well, you're, you know, you can still catch it. You can still test positive. Um, you know, people still have trouble that are vaccinated uh, because of the vaccination. I mean, you know, they don't have this worked out. So to continue to force it on everybody doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and we're bleeding out of sports here. And I, I want to be a little careful with that because we do try to just stick to it here. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the guy that's vaccinated has it. Um you know, they say, oh, you got to get vaccinated. Well, you know, but you can still catch it. You can still pass it. That's anyways, that's a whole nother conversation. We're going to lose listenership because of that. But uh, nonetheless, I just agree with Aaron Rodgers. And that is um, if you want to get it and you think you should get it, get it. And if you don't want to get it um, or don't think you should get it, then don't get it and uh, respect each other's decisions to do so don't don't go out of your way to be unhealthy obviously don't go out of your way to cause problems but um uh you know it is what it is and and they knew the players who are unvaccinated knew coming into the season that there are going to be things that they are going to have to put up with as a result of this decision uh that they make so uh we do see it affect the packers tonight it won't be that big of a deal because of who it is it's alan lazard it's not Devontae adams uh so at the end of the day most people will look right past it and move on with life. Uh, speaking of moving on, let's get on to the football games this week. Uh, we're going to do it a little differently tonight, Dad. We're going to start with our pick six, and then we'll run through uh, the games afterwards. But we can talk about the games that we're picking first and uh, and go through those. So uh, we'll kind of go back and forth this week on picks. Who do you have uh, as your first pick six of the week? Uh, I'll take Cleveland to cover against Pittsburgh. All right. So Cleveland, uh, they've got some health issues, right? I have not seen, um, I assume that they get the quarterback back this, this week. They played, of course, with the backup last week, but, uh, they are three and a half point favorites at home against Pittsburgh. And you know me, dad, I think Pittsburgh is no good. Uh, <laughs> but what are your thoughts on this game? Well, again, I think Cleveland is proving they're the real deal and they're going to be very, you know, competitive again. That division and maybe it's the best division right now are going to be one of them. But, um, I think Cleveland has proved, you know, they can play. And even with the back, if it has to be the backup quarterback again, I, I think they, it's a division game. So, you know, the Steelers are going to play tough against them, but, um, I, when I looked at all the games, I just felt like, yeah, Cleveland ought to win that and, and they can cover. I agree with you. They should win it. But I disagree with you that says that they're the real deal. Uh, four and three Cleveland team can't stay healthy. They should be great at defense and they should be really good on offense. But they have had some major injury issues. To me, they've not proven much of anything just yet. And although they should beat Pittsburgh, in my opinion, as well, um, I don't think they're the real deal just yet. I think they're close, but not quite there yet. I did not pick that game, so I'll give you my first game, Dad, and that is uh, Carolina plus three versus Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is home in this game, 
The Panthers are three and four, coming off a really ugly game last week. The Falcons three and three, and uh, things seem to start to look like they're clicking a little bit with the Atlanta offense finally, especially Kyle Pitts. Uh, but I still go with Carolina plus three. I think they bounce back this week uh, against this Atlanta team. Atlanta's not very good. They're not horrible as many people think they are, but they're not very good either at the same time. And I think uh, Carolina can cover. Any thoughts on that game? Um, well, again, Carolina in the last couple of weeks to me, you know, should have won. I picked them and they didn't. It looks like they're doubting their quarterback. And um, I, you know, again, I like their coach and we had high hopes at the first of the year, but uh, I don't know. And Atlanta, again, Atlanta, you know, doesn't have anything to prove. There isn't high expectations there, but they're playing well. Uh, this game scared me when I looked at it as far as picking somebody. I want to go back to that thing you said, that Carolina appears to be doubting their quarterback. And I disagree with that as well. I think that the media and I think that a lot of the fan bases are doubting the quarterback. They benched him, but he, they were down by 30 points. I mean, what's the point of keeping him out there? <laughs> They're not going to come back and win. Get your backup in, keep your starter healthy, and move on to the next game. I like P.J. Walker, as a matter of fact, the backup quarterback, but I think Sam Darnold is secure in his job there, and I think, like I said, I think that rebound and get back to it as well. Uh, your second game uh, in the pick six. I uh, have uh, in Indianapolis covering over Tennessee. I think Indiana Indianapolis is improving. And, of course, this is a conference game. It's a game they need to win to stay in it. And the way they're playing, I think they can. Of course, the Titans have played really good in the last couple games. So uh, it, it should be interesting, but I'll pick Indianapolis. You've kind of been in on Indy now for a couple of weeks, and uh, they are the favorite at home against Tennessee this week, uh, one-and-a-half-point favorites there as well. You mentioned Tennessee has played well. It seems like Tennessee beats the teams that they're not supposed to beat and then loses to the teams that they're supposed to, they're supposed to, to win against. But I say that they beat Seattle at Seattle. They beat Indianapolis at Tennessee. They lost to the Jets. <laughs> they beat the Jaguars, beat the Bills, um, and lost to the Cardinals. So it's an interesting team, a team that I don't think anybody knows who they are at this point other than a really good running team with Derrick Henry. Um, this one was a little too close for me, the one-and-a-half points. I strayed away from this game uh, here as well. I would love for Indianapolis to win, and you're right. They need this one. They desperately need to win this one, uh, being that it's a division battle and Tennessee leads the division currently. My second one is uh, Miami plus 14 versus Buffalo. Uh, again, division division game. Buffalo's been really good. Miami's not been good. But when you go division games for me and you've got massive spreads, uh, to me that's a, a big red flag, and uh, I'm going to jump on that one. Even though it's in Buffalo, even though the Dolphins have only won one game, and I'm not saying they win this game. But I think uh, plus fourteen, I can, I can, I can do that one. So I go Miami plus fourteen. Your thoughts on that game? Um, I agree with the spread being so big is why I didn't pick that one. I do think Buffalo will win, and Buffalo may very well cover the spread. They need to come back and look good after their last game. Um, but um, it, it was, a, it was when I looked at there were other games would be a better pick with that big a spread. All right, what's your third game of the week? I uh, have Tampa Bay covering over New Orleans. 
I think Tampa again, Bay. I, I think Tampa's really good. And um, I, I don't think New Orleans, New Orleans has, you know, won some games and played tough, but I, I think Tampa can cover that. Yeah, Tampa's four and a half point favorite there. New Orleans is another one of those teams that I just don't know about. I know I'm never sure what we're going to get from them each week. And, and, you know, one week it could be really good and the next week really bad. So those always scare me to pick those games. Tampa should win this game. Uh, Jameis, of course is uh, playing against his old team. You know, I was thinking about this, Dad. Jameis, he's not been as bad as he was in Tampa, but he's also not been as good as he was in Tampa. It's kind of a weird a weird thing that Jameis has fallen into um, and an interesting game against Tampa uh, this week as well. I stayed away from that game. Uh, my third game is the Chargers, four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Patriots. I think the Patriots, I, I always have a hard time picking against the Patriots just because of their past. They don't have Tom Brady anymore, and uh, I go Chargers minus four and a half, the favorites over New England. Uh, I think the Chargers are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the AFC this year, and this is a game that they should win. Your thoughts on that one? Um, well, again, I, I hope the Chargers win, and, and I agree. I think they were going to be one of the better teams, but boy, you know, they really got got skunked here not long ago. And so I, I don't know this one. I, if I was going to pick an upset game, which I did not pick this one, I considered this because, again, you, you just don't know in New England who's going to show up and who isn't. And, you know, they do have a defense. But, you know, the Chargers should win this and um, should cover it, you would think. Yeah, there are two losses this year for the Chargers. They lost to the Cowboys in week one, uh, excuse me, week two. By three points, that was just a bad game all the way around. Then they got blown out by the Ravens in their last game, 34-6. to six. Um, But what I've learned, Dad, is that even the best of teams have one bad week uh, throughout the season. And so uh, I, I'm comfortable with that one. Your fourth game of the week. Um, this will surprise you, but I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys. I don't do that very <laughs> often, but I think they'll cover Minnesota. Um, I think Dallas, you know, uh, it is is playing very well now. Again, I guess there's questions whether Dak Prescott's going to play or not, but um, I, they can they can beat Minnesota, and uh, the, the line the spread's not too big. I think they can cover that. Yep, I picked that one as well. One hundred percent with you on that one. Dallas two and a half over Minnesota. Minnesota's not been great. Um, they do have a talented offense. Dallas's defense has gotten better this season as well. I'm. I would be shocked if Dak doesn't play this week. Um, and they have a dynamic offense. Ezekiel Elliott's finally running like he's supposed to run as well. And so, uh, yep, I'm I'm in on that one too. Uh, so that's four games for me, four games for you. Uh, who's your fifth game? I'm going to take San Francisco to cover over Chicago. Um, I, I think Chicago's in trouble. I think it's kind of stick a fork in them. They're done. I think they're going to keep falling apart. Uh, San Francisco needs to get a win to stay in this thing at all. And again, I, 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 I would think San Francisco can win and can cover this. Does Matt Nagy get fired after this week? Um, he could, he very easily could. Um, again, it, it, yeah, I, I don't think it'll take too many more losses. Because uh, once once the season, you know, I mean, you know, Bear fans will probably still think they can come back for another game or two, but for the most part, um, I, yeah, I, I think he he's he's nearing the end. I didn't pick this game, but I agree with you. 
Uh, San Francisco should win this game. They're the better team. Uh, but the Bears had the better record currently, uh, three and four versus two and four. But nonetheless, um, I stayed away from that one. My fifth game is the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars plus three and a half versus Seattle. Geno Smith's still the quarterback. He's not bad. Uh, but I just have to think Jacksonville can get some things together against a backup quarterback and have some, uh, some opportunities to win. The game, so I went Jacksonville plus three and a half versus Seattle. Any thoughts on the Jaguars versus the Seahawks? Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Well, I, I'd be all for that for the Jaguars beating the Seahawks. Seahawks, another team that, um, again, you know, for them to stay down, and I, you, I enjoy watching that. Uh, I don't know. Um, you, you don't really ever know with, with Seattle. Um, of course, again, with Wilson not back yet, it does make them a lot more vulnerable. 100%. They are at home, which scares me a little bit. But um, if they're at home and the Jaguars are three-and-a-half-point dog, I mean, typically the home team gets three points anyhow. So they're just saying a half a game worse. I, that, that to me says, yeah, Jacksonville's got a shot at this one this week. Uh, your game six, last game that you picked. I'm going to take Denver over over the Washington football team. Um, again, I, I think Denver um, is competitive. I don't think they're an elite team. Um, but, again, Washington has just really, really struggled uh, in a lot of ways. And, um, again, with the spread there at three, I, I picked Denver. Well, I'm glad you picked Denver because I picked Washington. Uh, <laughs> this was my last game that I picked as well. I went with the Washington football team. I'm a doubter in Denver. I don't think that Denver's a very good team. And uh, they've got some young talent and some some opportunity. I just think that they're just not where they need to be. And uh, Washington, I think, is a better team than the way they played. And I think eventually they come around a little bit as well. And uh, so I'm going with Washington plus three. You're going Denver minus three in that game uh, there. Let's look at the other games that we haven't picked uh, that are still on the schedule for this week. Uh, let's see here. We've got Philadelphia and Detroit. Ooh, what a game. Uh, wow. what, a game. what a game. Is it going to be Jalen Hurts going off or Jared Goff uh, getting in the win column? Um, you know, I, like you said, I think last week, you know, Detroit's going to win one somewhere down the line. This would be a great opportunity. But, boy, the Eagles, you, you know, you don't know. They're not going to do anything special. But, you know, Jalen Hurt, they get a big game. You never know. Um, it, it's hard to say Detroit. You know, I thought about it, even picking this game. But uh, you, you just don't know. This this shouldn't be a real, real great game to watch. But you never know. Two of the head-scratching, head-coaching hires in the offseason – Houston was the third, but Philadelphia and Detroit went interesting directions with their coaching hires. So far, it's not paid off, but I will say Detroit has played hard every single week. They've not given up. They love their coach, and they're playing hard for them. It's just not resulting in wins, and being at home 
against a not very good Philadelphia team. I think Detroit probably gets the win here. I didn't pick this game, uh, but now that I'm looking at it, I probably should have. But uh, anyways, I think Detroit gets the win there. Uh, Cincinnati and the Jets. The Jets have a backup quarterback this week after the injury of the rookie Wilson. Uh, Cincinnati's 10.5-point favorites on the road in New York. I stayed away from this one, too, because it seems like the kind of game that maybe Cincinnati doesn't take serious enough, and uh, the Jets are able to do a few small things that that just keep them close in this game. I think Cincinnati wins, but I'm not sure they win by 10.5. They might win by 30, though. (laughs) I mean, the way that uh, uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have been playing so far this season. Yeah, you're right. They they could win by 30, and and they should win big because I think, again, it, you know, it, it would be like you said. The thing would be, will will they not take them seriously? Will they look past them? But uh, Cincinnati, you know, is definitely a dangerous team. Uh, they're young, and and when you're young, that's going to show up at different times, especially in the playoffs. But, um, but you know, if they want to keep rolling, then this is the kind of game they need to not just win, but they, they need to really, really roll. Had Cincinnati drafted Panay Sewell instead of Jamar Chase, what would their record be today? They're 5-2 and two currently. Um, if they didn't take Chase and they drafted Sewell, what do you think their record would be? Um... Maybe three and four, something like yeah. that. I mean, I mean, offensively, you know, Chase, you know, just fits well with Burrow, and it, it just adds another dimension. Yeah, I agree with you too. And we're going to have you switch switch over. Uh, you're starting to break up a little bit there, Dad. Uh, so we're going to get that that switched out real quick. But uh, I agree. I think Cincinnati's probably in that three and four uh, uh, range. If they drafted Penny Sewell instead of Mark Chase, of course, we beat the drum early and often uh, this offseason about the importance of Cincinnati drafting the playmaker versus the offensive lineman. And so far, it has paid up, uh, paid out, excuse me, for Cincinnati. And uh, they're winning games 5 and 2. They're winning impressively. Mark Chase has been phenomenal. He's the runaway rookie of the year uh, getter right now. So I think that we'll see. Cleveland would be better than they've been, um, but Baltimore continues to ball out as well. And so uh, it's an interesting uh, division, to say the least. All right, Dad, the Rams versus the Texans. The Rams 6-1, and one, the Texans 1-6. and six. The Rams are 14.5-point favorites uh, here. We both stayed away from this game also. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game? Um, again, the Rams should dominate it, but again, that was a big, big spread there. And uh, probably safe to stay away from it, but I think the Rams are really good. Uh, the Texans are not really good, and um, be interesting to see if they can um, they can play like they should. Yeah, I mean the Texans just they're not talented. They, they don't have the talent that they need to win football games in the NFL. They lost thirty-one to five last week, thirty-one to three the week before, um, forty to nothing against the Bills, twenty-four to nine against the Panthers. So that's four games in which they could not get the double-digit scoring. Uh, but they beat the Jaguars in week one. They lost by 10, 31-21 against Cleveland. And they lost by three to New England, 25-22. So they show some fight here and there, but then they, they just look really, really bad the other weeks. Um, the Rams should dominate that game for sure. 
Uh, let's see here. Next game up that we did not pick is that might be the last one. Giants Chiefs, I guess. Uh, the Monday night game. The Chiefs. My goodness, what's wrong with the Chiefs? Yeah, um, whatever's wrong with them playing the Giants should help solve it a little bit. <laughs> we will see. Yeah, but the Chiefs, it, 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 it's hard to know uh, what's going on there or, or you know where they're going to end up. But again, it would be important, like you said earlier, the Chargers uh, to establish themselves and keep a lead because uh, the Chiefs at any point could you know start stringing wins together. Uh, but this should be a good chance for them to get back in the win column. Well, I mean, Vegas is in tied for first in the division also. So Vegas and the Chargers both over Kansas City currently. Um, and, you know, Kansas City's tied with Denver. So it's been really ugly for Kansas City so far. And I don't know if there's carryover from last year. Coach Reed's son had the legal issues with the DUI um, and or whatever. I don't remember if it was a DUI or not, but he uh, he, he killed someone. I think he was a DUI or driving drunk. But anyways. Um, I don't know if there's carryover from that. I don't know if there's uh, other things going on. They have some incredible talent, especially on offense, and the offense doesn't seem to be there at this point. Now, Mahomes came out this week and told his teammates, hey, it's on me. I got to get better. Maybe he shows up and is better. Um, surely he, you know, he's not going to be what it's looked like this season the rest of his career. Surely he'll come back around as well. You're right. The Giants are no good. Uh, Kansas City should win this game. They should be where they need to be come the end of the week and uh, get back into the win column, get to 500. But the Giants, they can be a little frisky here and there. Kansas City's the nine-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, I still kind of like what the Giants have. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think, is a competent quarterback. Uh, Saquon Barkley's a great running back. Their receiving core has played much better than I thought they would. There's a lot of question marks still on that team, though. They should not beat Kansas City, but you just never know on these Monday night games, uh, what'll happen. Uh, Dad, one of the things teams can do to get better is uh, make trades. The trade deadline is coming up on Tuesday. I wrote an article on bellyupsports.com and uh, gave it one trade asset, one trade target per team in the AFC, and then the NFC side should come out tomorrow or uh, Saturday at some point as well. I'm in the middle of writing that, actually. I've gotten all but four teams done over there. Uh, but, uh, let's talk trade deadline. Are there any names out there that you think, uh, you know, could be moved? Do you have the obvious Deshaun Watson? Um, but what are, are there any names that you think, Hey, this team, either they're not doing good. So maybe they would trade this guy or, uh, any other names that pop out to you as names to watch for the trade deadline? Well, I, again, I looked at your list there and a few of them did jump out. One of them, I think, as far as a target would be um, Cooks, the receiver mm. from Texas. That makes a lot of sense um, that, you know, someone could get him and he could be a real help. Um, another guy that jumped out to me, I'm not sure that they would trade him, is the linebacker from Jacksonville, Jax. Miles that Jack, yeah. Great thing if somebody, you know, picked him up. Um, the offensive lineman, I don't know if anybody's going to trade a really good offensive lineman. Um, but a couple of players you mentioned that it'd be interesting to see if they do trade them. One would be, uh, Cleveland with Kareem Hunt. 
Um, I, you know, right now you need two running backs and, and I'd be a little surprised, but if they could really get something there, that might be a deal. And I was real surprised to see Vaughn Miller, but you made a, a, a wise comment there. Um, you know, that'd be something Belichick would do, you know, trade him while there's still a lot of value. Um, but Vaughn Miller would draw a lot of interest, I would think. Those are the good ones that jumped out on the list to me. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts with Von Miller was Denver's not winning a Super Bowl this year. They're probably not winning one next year. They need to get some assets back. And Von Miller's one that they, they can they can give up. They still have Bradley Chubb. They can give up. They can get a lot back for him and help in that rebuild as they move forward. You talked about Kareem Hunt. One of my thoughts with Kareem Hunt was is the fact that the Browns seem to have uh, some depth at running back outside of the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, backfield, and we saw a couple weeks ago, Dearness Johnson. He had himself a game. Let's see, I'm trying to look up which game that was um, against Denver uh, last week. 22 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. So my thought was as well, hey, if they've already got a, another running back there, you can you probably get more out of Kareem Hunt than you would out of this Johnson. And, uh, and so, you know, it gives you an opportunity there as well. One thing that I mentioned that you didn't bring up um, is I mentioned that Jacksonville should trade for Eric Bieniemy, the Kansas City offensive coordinator, and make him the head coach. Uh, we've seen John Gruden get traded in the past as a coach. Uh, I don't know that they're ready to get rid of, um, to get rid of Urban Meyer just yet. But uh, what do you think about a coaching trade? Is there is there another name out there that you'd say, hey, one of these teams, Chicago, uh, Jacksonville, whoever that needs, looks like they're going to need a coach. Is there a guy they can acquire in the trade deadline? Uh, no, I don't think you can really get a coach in the trade deadline. I mean, there there has been trades uh, involved later when people sign coaches in order to get people to do it. But I don't believe you'll actually can trade an active coach at the deadline. Okay, let's talk about quarterbacks. Outside of Deshaun Watson, are there any quarterbacks that you see getting traded that actually could help somebody? Because you got Nick Foles. He's the third string in Chicago. If he gets traded, it's going to be for depth. He's going to be a backup somewhere for a contending team that doesn't have a good backup quarterback. Um, but the name that I brought up was Tua Tungavailoa. Um, you know, maybe he gets moved to a place like Pittsburgh or another team that's looking for a quarterback. Um, yeah, I don't think Tua is going anywhere, but you might be right. You know, you're not as big on him, but, um, we'll see where that goes. Deshaun Watson right now with what's come up this week, uh, with the NFL, I don't know that he's going to get traded. Uh, they're just, you know, still an awful lot of question marks about him. Um, I think if there was a team that was going to pull off a big quarterback trade and I don't know who it would be, but, um, as far as who they would get, but, and I know you think he's safe, but would be Carolina. Um, if somebody was going to go out and get somebody, um, if, if there was something there, um, somebody could really step in and play. I don't know who it would be. They've already said they're out on Deshaun Watson. Uh, so you've got Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a possibility. You've got um, names that I mentioned would be Jordan Love and Marcus Mariota um, as guys that have either potential. Mariota has starting experience as well. There are some quarterbacks out there, none of them superstars outside of Deshaun Watson. Um, but uh, to me, you look at this draft class coming in, and there's no quarterback that makes you go, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get him. Um, so – 
it makes more sense to take a shot on a guy like Jordan Love or to get a veteran that can be around for a few years like uh, Garoppolo and uh, try to do some things with them. Because I think Garoppolo's better than Teddy Bridgewater, even though I like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and Jordan Love, you know, for Green Bay, let's talk about that, Dad. Jordan Love, if you trade Jordan Love, then automatically you know that they've worked something out with Rodgers. Rodgers is there for the rest of his career. Um, and they could still do something even if they don't don't trade Jordan Love at the trade deadline. But, uh, I mean, good night. As a Packer fan, you're a Packer owner. Um, are you ready to see Jordan Love shipped out? Um, if it'll keep Aaron Rodgers in, yes, I would agree. Uh, at this point, Jordan Love is not ready to play next year for sure. Um, you know, could he be a guy in the future if he's behind Rodgers for two or three, four more years? I think the, the key is going to be to keep Aaron Rodgers. I think there is a good chance of that, the way the season is going uh, right now. But, um, you know, you, you never know about that. But, yeah, it wouldn't kill me if Jordan Love uh, left. On the other hand, I, I you know, he's an unproven quantity, so you don't know. When Brett Favre was nearing the end of his time in Green Bay, did you believe Aaron Rodgers was ready when they got rid of Brett Favre? Yes. You did? He, he was ready at that point because he had had some great preseasons. Um, you know, it looked like Favre maybe wasn't even going to come back one year and Rodgers was going to be the quarterback. Now, it's true, his first year wasn't quite as good as the other years. But, yes, I mean, when the whole thing came up with Brett Favre, the deal was they're going to lose Aaron Rodgers and somebody's going to pick him up and he's going to be a starter. And, you know, he's going to be good for a long time. I think everyone knew that um, with him. That's definitely not where it is with Jordan Love, but he hadn't been around as, as long um, as Rodgers was. All I remember about Rodgers was he always got hurt. <laughs> it seemed like he'd come in for a play and break his foot or something. He was always getting injured while he was the backup. And uh, I hadn't, I didn't know what he was. I didn't know what he would be, obviously. I don't think any of us did. Um, but, uh, yeah, looking back on it, they say, oh, yeah, in practice it was obvious how good he was and those kinds of things. But from the outside looking in, I would – I, I mean, I was okay with Favre leaving. It seemed like it was time for Favre to go. But uh, I wasn't confident that Aaron Rodgers was going to be the next Brett Favre, the next great quarterback, uh, the next Hall of Fame quarterback. I wasn't confident in that at all. Well, I mean, again, you know, I mean, that's why they made the move. They were confident in it from there. And, um, you know, it, it's hard to look back and say now because he, he's proved, you know, he's going to be one of the best Um He'll, he'll go down as one of the best. And, you know, definitely as far as the Packers have been blessed with great quarterbacks, there's always going to be three great ones we're going to talk about there with Star, Favre, and Rodgers, and they're all a little bit different. Yeah, I don't I don't believe anybody who says they knew Rodgers would be what he is. Uh, <laughs> I just don't, I don't trust anybody with that. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, he has turned out to be great, and, even with all the drama this offseason, I sure hope he stays in Green Bay. Any other thoughts on the NFL before we go to college football? Well, one thing I thought about this week and see what you think about it. We talked, you know, last week about um, the NFC being real strong. And as I looked at both conferences, you know, again, we're almost to midseason. There's not really a midseason this year because of the 17th. <laughs> 
But um, when you start looking, you know, at this time of year, you can see where things are going to shake up. And uh, it's interesting. The NFC is very, very strong at the top, but very weak at the bottom. When you look right now that the last, the third wild card team, it'd be a team that's not very good and maybe even a team without a winning record. Uh, you can get down through six teams pretty easy, but not at the bottom. The AFC is probably not as strong at the top, but there's going to be a real battle for the wild cards, at least the way it would look right now. Uh, and it was just, it was interesting to me to think about that and look at that. Um, you know, again, the NFC, I think is definitely stronger at the top, but, um, you know, when you look at the expanded playoffs and the seventh team, and again, the AFC is going to really benefit from that extra team because there's going to be, I think, a good team in that spot. I agree with you and understand what you're saying, but let me ask it this way. How many teams do you think have a chance to win the Super Bowl? Um, Right now, there's probably going to be, you know, several because there's several good teams uh, in the NFC, and there's probably a couple uh, in the AFC that look that way. So right now at midseason, I think there's more. I don't think you can just say, well, it's going to be just one of these two or, or one of two of these three. I think it's a little more wide open right now. It may not be in three or four weeks. All right, give me a yes or no. Uh, Super Bowl, chance to win the Super Bowl. Buffalo? Yes. Cincinnati? No. Uh, Baltimore? Yes. Cleveland? No. Tennessee? No. Vegas? No. Chargers? Be close. Chiefs? No. All right, so you said yes to Buffalo and Baltimore and maybe the Chargers. So that's three teams in the AFC that you think have a chance to win the Super Bowl. NFC, uh, Dallas? No. You're wrong there, but okay. Uh, Green Bay? Yes. Tampa? Yes. New Orleans? No. Arizona? Yes. The Rams? Yes. And that's really it as far as the top goes. And I would I throw Dallas in there too. So I've got one, two, three, four, five teams in the NFC that I think could win the Super Bowl. You have four. And uh and then you only have two AFC teams. And I probably I'd go Buffalo, uh I'd go Buffalo, the Chargers as probably my two teams that I think and the Chiefs. I put the Chiefs in there too. If they all of a sudden turn things around, I think they have the talent to do it. So I would say three teams in the AFC, four teams, five teams in the NFC. Um, you say two, possibly three teams in the AFC and four teams in the NFC. So I think that says there the NFC is stronger because I think there's more teams that are legitimate Super Bowl contenders versus the AFC as well. Um, good question. Uh, yeah, I think uh, when you start looking at it uh, that way, it kind of starts thinning out the herd a little bit, so to say. Um, I didn't ask about Jacksonville. You think Jacksonville can win the Super Bowl? Um, no. <laughs> they could win the first first overall pick. Sorry, I accidentally uh, turned on the volume of the Packer game there. Um, so uh, who's going to get the first pick? Uh, right now we've got Houston. Uh, let's see here. Detroit's 0-7. Houston, Jacksonville with one win. Uh, Miami and the Jets with one win. Uh, who do you think gets the number one overall draft pick? 
Um, how many wins does the Giants have? Two, I think. Yeah, two. Um, I, I still think the Giants could be the one with the first pick, but uh-huh. um, or will be Houston. Um, you know, could be Detroit. Um, and um, you just have to see if any of those teams, Jackson, could very well be Jacksonville. But you got Jacksonville and Houston in the same division. That you know could be a win for you know uh, either one of them there. And um, it, you know it, it's hard to say, but there's going to be what four, five, six teams right down there at the bottom the way it looks right now. Yeah, if you're a quarterback needy team, you don't want to get the first pick in this draft. Um, you want to be down in the five, six, seven range where you can take a guy that you like at quarterback and not be that big of a deal. If you're sitting at number one, there's not a quarterback right now that should be taken number one overall in the NFL draft. And, uh, and so you don't want that. But if you're a team like Jacksonville, well, you got Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, you want the best player in the draft and you, you're okay to be that number one spot. Uh, there as well. I don't think it's New York. New York's going to win enough games to stay out of number one, but Detroit, uh, they're really, really bad. Jacksonville's really bad. Houston's really bad uh, as well. The Jets are really bad. The Jets could end up with the number one overall draft pick uh, as well because uh, they are not good this year either. All right, quickly, we got just a couple minutes left. Uh, let's switch over to college football. A couple big games this weekend. Let's start with the uh, Michigan battle, Michigan versus Michigan State. Uh, everybody remembers the big blocked punt. And uh, that's that's showing over and over and over again this week. But uh, Michigan's the favorite in this game. They're the number six over the number eight, I believe, Michigan State. Uh, your thoughts on the battle, the in-state uh, game there? Well, again, I mean, I'd be for Michigan State. And it'd be interesting to see, uh, with them both being undefeated, this is obviously going to knock somebody down quite a bit. And um, should be a very interesting game. I haven't watched either one play very much. You know, I've just seen their records. And, um, and again, you know, I, I don't know that um, they, they both still have a lot of football left to play after this game. But the loser is, is going to really hurt them. I trust Michigan State more than I trust Michigan. So for that reason, I'm picking Michigan State. And they're at home. That helps. But... Um, it's an interesting game. How is Wisconsin favored? They're three and a half point favorites. They're at home against Iowa. Number nine, Iowa, six and one. Wisconsin's four and three. Wisconsin has been favored in some really weird games this year. How are they the favorite over Iowa? I don't know. I I, I don't know how that would be. I think Iowa, of course, you know, they they have the one loss now, but uh, this is a chance for them. That that is a very interesting game, but I, yeah, I don't know why Wisconsin would be favored. Uh, the other Big Ten game is Penn State versus Iowa State. Penn State dropped all the way to number 20. Um, oh, excuse me, Ohio State is now an 18-and-a-half-point favorite over Penn State this week. Um, Ohio State seems to be coming along and might be a legit threat in the Big Ten again. Yes, yeah, and, and this is a big game for them. Penn State is definitely down now. They're not going to challenge in the Big Ten and um, this would be a real test for Ohio State. Ohio State go in and dominate this. Uh, they're going to jump up in, in the rankings, and it's going to help them a lot here at the end. Yeah, and they're really clicking now, and that's a you know that's a big thing uh, for them. And and again, they can win the Big Ten, still go to the playoffs, uh, which we'll talk about in just a moment. In the SEC, Georgia 
and Florida, playing in Jacksonville and one of the more exciting games each year. But Georgia's only a two-touchdown favorite over Florida. They've been uh, three-touchdown favorites over other teams in the SEC uh, games against Arkansas and Kentucky. Florida has not looked great, and yet they're only a 14-point underdog in this game. Does Florida have a chance to keep this one close? Uh, No, I don't think they'll keep it close. Uh, But I think 14 points makes sense. I mean, the – the Gators, you know, were ranked earlier, and they have some ability, but I think Georgia's going to continue to play well through the rest of the year, and um, they, 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 they should handle this without any problem. Yeah, like I said, Georgia was double-digit, or triple, not triple digits, but 20-plus uh, point favorites over Kentucky. Kentucky beat Florida 20-3. to uh, I don't think that Florida's played Arkansas yet this year. I don't think they're playing them at all this year, actually. Uh, but nonetheless, Florida, they lost to LSU last week, 49 to 42. Uh, they beat Vandy 42 to nothing. Congratulations. Uh, they beat Tennessee 38 14. They beat, uh, lost to Florida, uh, Alabama, excuse me, in a close one. But since that Alabama game, Florida's not really looked like Florida. Even in the Tennessee game, they didn't look great. They ended up piling it on later in the game. But, um, I mean, I'm shocked it's only 14 points. I think Georgia's proven to be the number one team in the nation, and Florida's proven to not be a top 25 team in the nation. And uh, I'd be shocked, although they are on the neutral site game, and it's a big atmosphere and things like that. Uh, that one would surprise me a little bit if that one stays close. Uh, we got one minute left, Dad. You're currently, who do you think is going to end up in the playoffs for college football? Um, right now, I would think it'd be Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma. I really like Oklahoma. I do think if Georgia beat Alabama in the SEC championship, Alabama might have trouble getting in with two losses this year if or if Oklahoma, Cincinnati stay undefeated and, and Ohio State only loses that one game. So no two-loss team has ever made the playoffs, and I uh, don't think it would start this year either. Cincinnati, I'm interested to see once the uh, rankings come out, um, the uh, playoff rankings as opposed to the polls, if, if Cincinnati's as high as they are in these polls. Ohio State playing better. They're going to continue to move forward. Um, Oklahoma dropped a spot. They got jumped by Alabama this week in the rankings, even though they did not lose. Uh, they're still undefeated. Um, there's been some issues with Oklahoma, even at the quarterbacks, uh, there, but uh, I know we have some faithful listeners, uh, from Oklahoma, including coach, coach McGuire there, boomer sooner. Uh, so, uh, we got some, some fans there, but I, Oklahoma scares me this year and not in a good way. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to finish up the season. I think Ohio state makes it in. Uh, I think you're going to see Georgia, uh, Oklahoma, Ohio state. And I don't know who the fourth team is going to be, but I don't think it's Cincinnati. Um, I think something will happen, whether they lose or have a close game and they get bumped down, whatever reason. That's just the way things seem to work. We're out of time today, Dad. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, visit law-terrain.com. Use the code SPORTS, though, for 10% off your purchase. And, uh, and get yourself a watch or accessories there as well. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SportsStove. Tune in again next Thursday for a live episode and Wednesday for our local hour covering Eastern Kentucky University Athletics. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.